You're listening to the Summer Camp Music Festival Podcast with your host, Camp Counselor Derek. Ahoy, campers! Well, it's been a while, but we are now looking forward to Summer Camp 2018. At the end of my last podcast, I said I would be back with an interview with one of my favorite artists at summer camp, and that's what I'm here for today. My guest today will be Kelly McMorris of Sun Stereo. A few housekeeping notes. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes if you haven't already, and it will come straight to your phone. If you have an iPhone, just go to iTunes and search Summer Camp Music Festival, four words, and hit subscribe. It will pull up the podcast app, and you'll get notified every time there's a new podcast. Or you can go to the campfire portions of the Summer Camp website at campfire.summercampfestival.com and click on the podcast tab at the top of the page. That will get you to all of them as well. And as always, if you have a story to tell me or some feedback for me, you can email me at podcast at summercampfestival.com. First and foremost, there will be no relations between campers and counselors. This includes dry humping, necking, wet humping, Finger banging, wheelbarrowing, the old one two, the old one two three, the old one two three four, the Bavarian pretzel, Denver omelets, the double double, the double down, the triple double, the double dip, the daily double, saltwater caffeine. Basically, any skin to skin contact is a no no. Uh, so, a quick update if you didn't see that Rob of Mo has finished his chemo treatments and is continuing his recovery. And again, we wish him the best and hope to see Mo back at summer camp 2018. Also, I feel like I should note that Umphreys McGee is on fire right now. They have a new album coming out January 12th. I believe that's their 11th studio release. They will be in St. Paul for Halloween, and they will be at the Fillmore in Denver for New Year's, and they will embark on their 20th anniversary tour. So congrats to those guys, and I hope to meet a couple of them for this podcast as we gear up for 2018. Now, here's where I'd normally give you summer camp news, and I don't have any news for you other than to say that tickets will be on sale soon. Um, Of course, they want to have them on sale for you for for the holiday season, and so that's that's right around the corner. They're just working out the details of it now. Uh, So we're going to jump right into the interview with Kelly. Uh, Stay tuned for our Jam of the Week um, in honor of another... Good Man Lost, I will bring you a Mud Crutch song from Summer Camp 2016 in honor of uh, Tom Petty. So stick around. Uh, I'm here with Kelly McMorris, the mad genius behind the band Sun Stereo. How are you today, Kelly? I'm good. I was just heating up a cup of tea. You're not going to believe this, man. As I And as I stepped out the door, closed the door, the door actually caught the tea bag, and I shut the door and pulled the tea bag out of the cup of tea, and it's, it's sitting here hanging from my door now. I, don't, I mean, I don't think that I could have done that. If I told you I'm going to try to do this, there's no way I could do that again. Are you trying to tell me the door just teabagged you? Or you teabagged the door? <laughs> I teabagged the door. Okay. <laughs> Actually, it, it's probably the other way around. It sounds better the other way, but I'm, I'm okay with either. <laughs> I just, I had to share that because there's no way in hell I could have done that again or the door could have done it again. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that we I'm glad that we started off the conversation with uh, about teabagging, really. Yeah, it, it it always leads into something good. I figure. Um, so I've I've kind of approached some of these interviews, um, assuming that everyone knows uh, who I'm interviewing. You know, the guys from Mo and Keller Williams and Yonder Mountain. Um, but I wanted to kind sure. of branch outside to include bands of of all stages, so to speak. Um, and you've been mm-hmm. in a in a unique position at the last couple summer camps, uh, doing multiple sets on different stages. And I want to talk to you about that. And I want to talk to, uh, to you, uh, kind of get your take on describing your music for people who aren't familiar. 
Um, however, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because my first question for every guest is, what was your first concert? My first concert. One of the pops to mind that I saw when, when I was really young was um, I saw the Beach Boys um, at, I think it was at the State Fair when I was, you know, first or second grade, maybe. Um, that was that was a long time ago. We could say that was the first one. Was that in in Illinois somewhere? Yeah, I think they were headlining like the State Fair or something. Yeah. I'm from Charleston, Illinois, originally, where uh, Eastern Illinois University is, and then um, I moved up uh, to Champaign-Urbana in 1996 to go to school at U of I, University of Illinois, as a uh, theater major, and uh, I was an acting major for a few years. Uh, I kind of got kicked out of the acting program, uh, worked at a liquor store for a year, put together a band, and then um, the head of the theater program uh, reached out to me and wanted me to finish my degree and was incredibly uh, cool and uh, persuasive and also incredibly flexible um, because I wanted to incorporate music uh, into my de degree. So he kind of let me basically just pick uh, a combination of music and theater, which they didn't offer at the time. So I was a musical theater composition major, and we wrote up my uh, my whole schedule of, of classes for the remainder of my uh, collegiate career there, and it all ended with a uh, rock uh, musical for my senior thesis that I performed at Craner for the heads of uh, the theater department, the music department, and heads of Craner, and uh, the band that I had put together at the time that we were playing out locally. And actually played a summer camp music festival in 2002 with named Synesthesia, um, performed this rock musical as my senior thesis. So I have then had those band members since this was, you know, 15 years ago. Um, they graduated, moved on, and I formed another band with uh, other students, and then they graduated and moved on. And then in 2010 or 11, I formed my on stereo with more students from U of I this time, uh, masters and uh, doctoral students from the music uh, and jazz program, and that's sort of uh, the last six or seven years. That's that's where we're at. You've uh, you've covered uh, a whole slew of my questions coming up. Um, this is it's kind of an inter inter uh, unique interview for me, by the way, because I can normally cyber stalk people, um, a lot of the artists, and, and find out a ton of their background, which which feels weird in its own right, of course. Uh, but for you, I've been limited to uh, you know a handful of 
YouTube clips and what's on your website. And um, I'll have to go back. I didn't I didn't realize that you had played summer camp earlier. 2002, uh, there were two stages, and uh, we played. On I was the, there. Uh, were you? Yeah, we played on yeah. the camping stage, which was the camping stage. It was literally a, uh, a cement slab. slab. On, yes. Yeah. With like like two or three uh, power outlets, if I remember right, and uh, and this was a, a big deal for my band at the time. Um, of course, you know, um, and uh, I remember I. I, I got some crazy flu bug and um, had like 102 feet. Uh, and um, so that weekend was kind of, I don't really remember much of it because I was, you know, so sick. But I remember performing and with this insane fever. And, and that was, it was a good experience. I, I remember hanging out in the fields where now there's the Soul Shine tent and Sunshine stage and Ferris wheels and none of that was there. I remember yeah. sitting in the, that you know, out in that field with my guitarist. I think it was like on like a Saturday afternoon, and you know there's only a few thousand people that were even at the festival. Um, but just being out there and it was like you're out in the middle of nowhere, um, and it's just it's so cool. To uh, now this is Sun Stereo. I think we played the last six years at, there at, uh, at summer camp now. So back in 2011, um, the first time that Sun Stereo played, it, it was just, it was so cool to see the evolution and the growth and um, all the hard work that uh, Ian and the rest of uh, the summer camp family has, has done over the last 15 years to build summer camp to be, you know, such a monstrosity compared to what it was 15 years ago. It's just been fantastic to see that, you know. Yeah, it's it's crazy from what it was. I, I've been to all of them, and I I constantly am thinking about the first one, <laughs> and yeah. I mean just how different it was. What a different experience that was. Oh yeah, and uh, it's, I'm sure if you, you you told people there at summer camp this past year what it used to. I, I know that it talked it occasionally when. We're walking around and run into the strangers, and they start talking to us, and and uh, that comes up and say, "Oh yeah, well we, you know, I, I played with a, a different band in 2002," and then fill in on how, you know, there was nothing over there, nothing over there. The only people that were camping were in this area, and it just it blows their mind. You know, they it's 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 pretty cool. <laughs> well. And- Getting to the point where you know kids who were born during the first summer camp are now driving, and um, this year they'll be eighteen. <laughs> uh, yeah, as, right. As as I go to my eighteenth summer camp, I, I, I one of my questions was how many stage are how many years have you played? You played the last six years. Um, how many different stages have you played? Do you know? Oh boy! Um, I mean, just last year you played four, right? Four. Yeah, there were a few years where we were playing. It ended up working out. We were playing, I think, five or six sets uh, a couple years in a row because we were doing, I think the first year we did, uh, I think it was called the Jaeger stage, which is... Uh, yeah, that's the Starshine the stage now. Starshine stage. So on the Thursday pre-flux party, we, 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 did, we did that, and then we did uh, the Vibe Tent later on that night. And then on Friday, we did a Sun Stereo set maybe on, like, the camping stage. And um, then Saturday, I think we did, like, a campfire stage, followed up by um, we did uh, three years in a row where I put together a uh, Here Comes the Sun Stereo set, uh, which we uh, had Sergeant Pepper Beatles costumes, and we did, uh, uh, I think it was, like, two and a half hours of, of Beatles songs. I wish uh, I had seen that. <laughs> it was so much fun. We did that uh, in the Soul Shine tent uh, from, it, I think we typically did those on Saturday nights from like 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. And then typically the following that we would have a Sunday VIP tent. So it was it was a very difficult weekend as far as, I mean, it was a marathon, you know, I mean, because we were 
out there in the elements, just like all the other campers experiencing the, you know, the the desert dirt heat, followed by you know the elements downpours, and you know yeah we you know we've got all of our 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 gear and 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 the stuff like that, and it's uh it's amazing that um people I don't that they don't realize sometimes how difficult it is just getting from one part of the park to the stage that you're supposed to play in when there's, you know, flooding going on and there's 30,000 people that you're driving your van through to get to, you know, the vibe tent or wherever and half of it's underwater. And it, it's extremely challenging, but it's also, you know, equally rewarding. Overall, incredibly thankful to get the opportunities to do it, you know. How did you originally hook up with Summer Camp? Uh, just through Jay and Ian? So I met Ian back in 1998. Um, that's when he opened up the Canopy Club mm-hmm. here in, uh, in Urbana. And I was like a sophomore in college and started playing the open mic night there. And me and the guy that I was playing with, Joe Aslan, um, who actually played in a group called Singalickin, with another close friend of mine, uh, John Newsbaum, they played a summer camp. Two or three. Do you remember them from like uh, the first two or three summer camps? They do. You like, know, it's one of those things where the name sounds vaguely familiar, but I mean, you know, hundred bands oh, for eighteen I, years each year. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, well, not a hundred bands in the early days, but uh, it does sound familiar. But Joe and I, we we hit it off. His brother was a uh, acting major at U of I, and they'd moved here from Maine and he just tagged along with his brother to get a different environment and uh, we hit it off and started playing music together and we're playing the Tuesday night open mic nights and kind of developed a following and I met Ian then and uh, um, yeah we hit it off and so I've been friends with him for for almost 20 years now so yeah, that's, that's a weird thing to say, isn't it? I'm I'm on a similar track as you. I I uh, went to college in '95, also um, with a theater minor, anyway. So we've been along kind of the same path. But it's it's weird to say it's been 20 years since that time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, that that is that's my connection to to Ian and and Summer Camp and his family. And, well, uh, we've. We've covered a lot of um, of what I wanted to talk about with summer camp, which I, w- I was going to say for the end, but that's okay. Um, so, but there, there's one more question I have of some directly summer camp related, and 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 while I know there's no promises from anyone until official uh, 2018 lineup comes up, um, which I can assume, I, I think the lineup will uh, definitely be in 2018. It'll come out. We won't see that before the end of the year. But can I place bets? on you returning for 2018? You know, if you had $100 to put down on it, I would encourage you to make the bet. I would vouch for it without overstepping <laughs> my, my, my bounds. But, um, yeah, without trying to presume anything, but um, I think it would be a, a safe bet. Fantastic. So uh, some of the questions that I, that I skipped over, I've tried to, so I, I especially this year, I, I was very excited about about your shows and your music, and and I, I bought your albums, and I and I was trying to describe your music to people, and um, I found myself <laughs> that's, that's always challenging for people. <laughs> it is. I found myself lobbing out other artists and times in history, and a lot of stuff that generally leaves people intrigued, but nevertheless clueless. Um, <laughs> I'd like to hear you describe your music, I guess. Okay. Um, well, that's definitely a really common thing that I hear after shows, especially people that have never seen this before. It's, they just they don't know how to, to put into words what they just heard and saw and, and you know, and a nice, be able to describe it in a nice, neat little, little package. And I think that that's... Uh, I always feel really good about that because I think it's a compliment to uh, the individuality and the originality of uh, the product that that we're sharing with people.
know, I have certain influences that, you know, definitely inspired me, you know, Absolutely. and, and, you know, through my entire life that, you know, I can't help but have come out in the songs that I write. I, I typically try to throw out like three or four big name artists that, that could give people kind of a, a picture or also, you know, a, an idea of what, you know, what we're, what it's like to see some stereo. And I always, I always usually throw out the Beatles and Beck and maybe a little Talking Heads. Um, Bowie? Uh, yeah, David Bowie. Um, you know, because there's this, you know, there's this theatrical element not only to the presentation with, you know, having uh, Christine, who does, you know, the fire performance and dance performance with us, but also like the, you know, sort of psychedelic glam uh, attire that, that that we wear. Hey, do you, have to, I mean, do you have to have that dry clean? <laughs> no, I turn, I turn that inside out and wash it. And uh, my disco jacket, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I turn it inside out. However, it's, uh, I mean, this is probably year five of me having the disco jacket. And um, I find the sequins all over. I mean, I found them in my bed, um, <laughs> living room, living room, the kitchen floor, you know. Um, I, I actually, I just, uh, a few months ago, I bought a Dazzler off of uh, Amazon so I can, at some point in time, sit down and put on a movie and, uh, you know, go back and replace all the, the sequins that have fallen off. Um, yeah, you mentioned Christine. That was one of the questions I was going to ask you to describe her role in the band. Well, she... Uh, it's, not just, it's not just fire, either. There's, there's a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, you know, she, she in her in her free time, she teaches, she teaches yoga, she teaches silks, she teaches uh, fire performance, you know, like individual lessons, and also, like, group classes and stuff like that. Um, and she has uh, somewhat of a dance background where she grew up uh, doing, you know, all sorts of kinds of dances and stuff like that and took lessons. And, um, you know, we met, um, it, was about, it was a little more than five years ago, and um, she was finishing up college, and her and her roommates uh, would come to every Sun Stereo show here in town. And... Um, her and I started talking and hit it off, and yeah, after that, uh, after about three or four months of us becoming pretty close, I asked her to, to uh, join the fray, and and for a while, we even had uh, a group of her friends that would perform occasionally at bigger events uh, or bigger stages that could support the number of people, so we, uh, for Halloween and New Year's Eve shows at Canopy in years past, we would have you know, five or six dancers that would, you know, do hula hooping and all sorts of things uh, just to make the, the show a lot more visually spectacular. Um, but, yeah, she has all sorts of crazy stage props from... She's gotten a bunch of, like, belly dancer props, like these fan veils, that, mm-hmm. um, crazy hula hoops, crazy costumes, shimmery gold angel wings that she occasionally throws out there for certain songs. So. But it is uh, it's fantastic be able to have her part of this um, because people just enjoy watching her move through space and perform so much um, and it just it, it brings a different element to uh, the entire show that uh, is is fantastic and so I'm I know that I'm incredibly thankful to have her on board yes she definitely adds a lot. It's uh, it's fun to see. I, I've noticed you've had a couple bass players, uh, both who I've, in, I've enjoyed immensely, um, and recently added some strings. Does that, does that all sound accurate? Yeah, yeah. We have got last November, um, well, I guess two years ago, my, my drummer and bass player uh, ended up moving on. My drummer uh, decided to go to school uh, to get his master's in jazz performance out in Oregon, so I got another drummer uh, for about a year and he kind of had different bass players sitting in uh, for about a year. And then uh, last fall, I ended up finding permanent replacements. Um, and that's the the core of the band, Ian Shepard on drums and, and vocals and uh, Chuck Appleby on bass and vocals. And so uh, when we 
get together for weekly practices. It's just the, the three of us. And then for uh, the horn players and string players, I write the charts. And, and oh, that's interesting. I basically just send it to them, and they tell me what I need to change and if, any, if everything is good to go. And then, uh, and then they show up and and read the chart, or they you know, I send them recordings of the new song with the chart, so they've got a, a reference. And then they uh, just show up, and they're up to speed. And then. Uh, Adding the string players, Danny Colbert and uh, Johnny Lustardi are the two violinists, and they uh, they recorded all the violin uh, here in my studio for our upcoming album. And uh, in the process of them coming over and recording and, and us getting to know each other and and oftentimes collaborating on uh, the string parts, a lot of times they were already written, but then I would just sort of tap them for any ways to make it better. We had such a good time and I just thought, you know, let's let's add you guys to the to the mix. And so last uh New Year's Eve when we did our big New Year's Eve show at Canopy with the works, um, that was the first time that they played with us and and I liked it having them there so much that it, um you know, that they've been on board this entire last year. So it's uh there's nine of us so it's kind of a big crew. Um, barely fit, <laughs> I hear you. Barely, barely fit into the, the, the van, and as the band leader, I've got a lot of mouths to feed, which is um, just fantastic on stage, and uh, the the end goal is what I want. Um, there's definitely some challenges that are presented by you know having nine mouths to feed and uh, being able to pay everybody. You know, on, a, on occasion... Amount. On occasion, I play in a in a kid band, and um, we have nine people as well. And I just, you know, it's got to be a nightmare for the sound guy. Because <laughs> when you think of a kid, when you think of a kids band or a band for kids, that is, uh, oh, yeah. you, you think of a couple people rolling up with some red noses and acoustic guitars, and then we roll up with you know horns and and nine of us playing different things on every song and every mic and. It's not easy. We have just, uh, in the last uh, six months, uh, switched over to like an inner monitor system for the, the core group, the drums, bass, and uh, and me. Um, so we have everything sort of, uh, all the instruments piped into that and then going uh, going to the front house. So um, hopefully that's simplified things for sound in a little bit because as far as monitors and stuff on stage, they don't have to worry about uh, bass drums or or keys or vocals or anything. All we got to do is the monitor for the string horn players. So mm-hmm. hopefully that helps a little bit. But every show is you know presents a, a whole new realm of problems, and you just have to you know tackle them yeah. one at a time and, and get through. Adapt to every space. Yeah, and you know when you're you're doing sort of the festival circuit, um, it's kind of coming to a close now. Um, it's even more challenging because, you know, there's five or six artists playing before you, five or six playing after you or whatever. And, um, and so there's just, there's no, there's no room for error, you know? And so, um, a lot of times you have a 30 minute changeover and, you know, everyone has got to be on the ball and, uh, and make sure that they're, you know, taking care of business. To, otherwise it's, you know, it can be a nightmare, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and that thirty minutes can be for you to get out, and the next band to get in. So I would imagine you're exactly, exactly. But everyone in the band is uh, fantastic about helping um, with with everything that that you could think of. From you know, we kind of just form an assembly line, and everyone's handing up drum drums and cymbal stands, and and um, we don't uh, luckily. Uh, we don't have any amplifiers on stage, um, which is kind of kind of different. But also, I never noticed that. Uh, yeah, it makes it easier for uh, the sound guy because um, I just you know I've got my keyboard and that's going uh, directly into the the PA, and then Chuck on bass has got a super fancy bass pedal that he that he has that uh, basically is like an amplifier. So. I find myself uh, watching a band like yours and obsessing about where did that sound come from? <laughs> you know, where, where, where was that sound? Yeah. Who, tri- who triggered that sound? 
Yeah, I also have just tons of sounds uh, pre-programmed. Um, so yeah. I, I'm basically, you know, I'm... I, Mission control. Yeah, I'm mainly, uh, mainly playing keys and uh, a few songs. I play guitar, um, but I've got everything pre-programmed because uh, I don't, I just don't have enough hands uh, to, <laughs> to, 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 to play all the parts that I want in there. So I'm kind of the kind of a DJ as well with the band uh, running Ableton. Um, so, Which is what I think, uh, I mean, I think that's what makes your music um, appealing to the the whole gamut of, of like summer camp fans, um, young and old. Um, there, there's a little bit, there's a little bit for everyone in there. You know, you can hear, you can hear stuff from the eighties in there and you can hear stuff from, you know, three years ago or, you know, EDM or, um, which is I, I love that about it, which is why I feel so comfortable pitching your music to ever trying to <laughs> tell everyone about your music because I feel I feel like it does have a little something for everyone. You know, it's 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 crazy that um, that it does because the experience I've had so far from playing a number of festivals, ones like uh, like we did three of the gentlemen on on the road festivals in Illinois, uh, we're out. Uh, I was at the one in Iowa. Dixon. Yep, that was the first one we did. That one, we did one in Ohio and then one in Iowa. And, um, you know, the the feedback that we got and just looking out at the people that, that are there for the performances and you have people that are in their 70s and 80s sitting in, in, in uh, you know, lawn chairs that are watching us and you've got a group of kids down, down front that are just getting down and you've got little tiny kids that are sitting there, you know, Dancing and with 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 their earmuffs on and and the feedback that we get from all of these people, you know, it's it's just it's it's good, but it's also when when you're marketing the band and, and you have people that ask, well, you know, what's your demographic? And like, oh, you know, little kids like us, uh, senior citizens <laughs> like us, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind I'd of. I'd say weird, those are the two things you should not start with. <laughs> yeah, right. right. You you should probably say. Oh, the twenty, the, the twenties crowd—they love us. Yeah, <laughs> those are the people going out and spending all their money on music right now. Exactly, exactly. Um, but it, we we just experienced that over the weekend. We got uh, we were flown down to Fort Lauderdale to play a, a wedding, and and we aren't your typical wedding band because it's you know we aren't doing the chicken dance. We, I mean, we're an original band, so we're mm-hmm. you know I I, t- I told them you know like. We're, we're gonna, I'm, I'm gonna do my thing. You know, it's gonna be 95% original tunes, and we'll throw in, you know, a "All You Need Is Love" Beatles song here or there, maybe a "Burn Down the House," talking, you know, like a few, a few recognizable big hits that people will dig, but. Keeps me, 
keeps me doing this. And, um, I mean, either way, I, I wouldn't stop, but, um, you know. <laughs> Do you have another job that you are uh, working at when you're not doing the music stuff? Um, so my, uh, so Ian, uh, and, uh, and Arlen from, uh, from summer camp in Shea, um, and then, uh, their close friend who is also a close friend of mine, uh, Scott Glassman just opened up a bar, uh, called Blackbird in Urbana. And I've just been helping them a little bit with some marketing stuff, but for the most part, um, I'm, I'm doing this, you know, 60, 70 hours a week. I, I definitely want to mention that you're playing a Halloween show. My my intent, now we're talking uh, it's Tuesday, a week before Halloween, and my hope is to get this up on Thursday. Uh, so I do want to promote your show at the Blackbird Urbana on Saturday, October yeah. 28th. I'm curious if you have a costume in the works, and I, I realize you might not want to give that away, but... We we do have a costume, and I, it's, it's epic, and I, I don't really want to share that. Before before you before you play, do you want to give a hint as to your costume? Yeah, I could I could I could give I could give a hint. Um, we're going to be part of a uh, uh, actually we're going to dress up as an iconic movie uh, characters from an iconic movie. Oh, um, I'm intrigued. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Well, I'll be looking yeah, for I, pictures of that online next week. Um, and I see from your Facebook yeah. post that there will be bobbing for kittens, which I think everyone can appreciate. Yeah, yeah. So make sure you bring some goggles and and, and towels because you you're going to get wet. They will, you know, they they are not going to come out of there easily. So, um, yeah. And 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 no kittens will be harmed in, in the process. But yeah, the the, the show is uh at, it's a blackbird and it's it's kind of a smaller venue, um, but. Um, you know, Ian got a fantastic sound system in there. We played their their big uh, inaugural uh, opening day a few months ago, which was like just a few weeks after uh, summer camp, actually. And there was it wasn't sold out, but it was sold out. I mean, they were they were at capacity multiple times through the night, um, and it was just um, it's one of those places where you're the stage is is small, so the fact that there's nine of us up there. I mean, there's no room for Christine to even get on stage. So she was standing on the subs. So her head was, you know, she she's a good, like, six or seven feet above the entire crowd. But the crowd <laughs> is right there. I mean, you're right there with with everybody. So it's a, a very intimate space. And I think it's just going to be perfect for, for the Halloween show. So we're, yeah, we're excited. we got to... A bunch of Halloween tunes we're looking at, at unveiling, and we've been uh, I've been putting together a lot of uh, new material. There'll be uh, uh, new songs that we're going to be playing, and actually, uh, once I get off the phone, with, I get off the phone with you. I'll be diving back into uh, wrapping up uh, string and uh, horn sharks for those new new songs. So hopefully, I can get them all knocked out uh, before Saturday. And uh, yeah. Awesome, yeah, and that's uh, ten bucks, and it's an eighteen and older show for our, for our listeners. Yep. yep, and it's at Blackbird Urbana in downtown Urbana. Yeah, it should be an awesome time. I think the the next show we're doing is uh, at Kenny's Westside Pub in Peoria in uh, late November. So uh, we'll have uh, I'll have a little bit of downtime after this Halloween show to wrap up, uh, finish up a bunch of new new material, and uh, get ready for that show, and then. Uh, we haven't announced our New Year's Eve show officially yet, but probably summer, summer camp day. podcast exclusive. There's, there is, there is. Uh, I, I guess I can't announce it, but there's a really good chance that we will probably be at Canopy Club for the shoot. I think this is our fifth or sixth year. Hey, one That's more right. random question. Uh, yeah, what are you? What are you currently listening to? What, what's uh, in your like music or podcast mm. or whatever, what are you what are you currently excited about? Um, trying to think. I people ask me that, and I I am so full time working on some stereo stuff that most cool. of my day is spent writing or recording. Because uh, when I when I write a song, I I, I record it as I'm writing it. And um, helps me get down ideas faster. But then also, like by the time the song is written, I have eighty percent of the song already recorded, and all I need to do is add drums, bass, horns, 
and strings. Um, so I spend most of my time uh, with my music going through my head and working on my music. Um, and and we can expect a new album out in 2018. Yes, yes. Um, I I actually last winter I finished I finished it. Um, last January, I, I finished it. Uh, it's a 15 song album. And, um, I decided after spending like an, a number of years on it, um, and then all of last winter intensely on it, I was finally like, I need to just like put this away and <laughs> come back to it, come back to it later. Um, but I'll probably be sending it to, uh, to Manny. Uh, Sanchez, who owns Ivy Lab Studios in Chicago, um, he did our our last EP, and I kind of pre-mixed it and told him how I wanted certain things and sent it to him, and was like, make it sound better. And uh, he's done, oh shoot, um, a number of Umphreys albums. Um, I think he even used to, he he used to do some live stuff for Umphreys. I think he was the sound engineer that they had fly over to. Uh, Abbey Road Studios when they recorded there, and he was in charge of that session as well. Um, but he uh, he goes way back with Ian, and uh, Ian introduced the two of us together. And he was just we, we we've only emailed and 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 talked you know on the phone, but he's uh, um, he was fabulous to work with, and so um, I'll probably be hitting him up to put the the, the finishing touches on that. Cool, looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, one song I fell in love with recently was uh, actually uh, Ian introduced it to me uh, late night, one night, uh, hanging out with him like three in the morning. I was like, you got to listen to this. And uh, it's actually, it's kind of, it's really nothing like most some stereo songs. It's, it's like a country artist named uh, Tyler Childers and the song's called White House Road. And um, I fell in love with it. He's just... He's such an honest artist, and um, it's it's just the honesty uh, that he uh, that he conveys when he's performing. It's, it's just it's undeniable, and you can't help but 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 like it. Early in the morning, when the sun does rise. Shot eyes late in the evening when the sun sinks low. That's about the time my rooster crows. I got women up and down this creek, and they keep me going in my engine clean. Run me ragged, but I
Well, this uh, this whole podcasting thing is is a ton of work, and it's something I'm doing in my free time for fun. Um, but part of the fun of it is that I get to pick who I interview, and um, I, I personally happen to dig your musical a whole bunch, and so I'm I'm so happy to have you on this podcast. And thanks thanks for the jams at, at summer camp, and uh, and thanks for joining me today. Awesome, man. Well, hey, thank you so much, and again, thanks again for. Uh, for all the kind words and for 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 giving me the opportunity to uh, to talk to you today. Uh, you can find Kelly on Facebook and on the web at sunstereomusic.com. Uh, you can also check out his albums for free or for purchase. I suggest buying them on Bandcamp. And uh, thanks again, Kelly. I'll see you at camp. Sounds good. Thank you, buddy. Take care. Thanks again to Kelly for joining me and for so many of the grooves at summer camp. Uh, on to our jam of the week. Uh, since my last podcast, we lost another great, and many of us were fortunate to see Tom Petty with Mud Crutch at summer camp 2016. So this one is for you, Tom. Here's Mud Crutch on May 29th, 2016, with the song Dreams of Flying. On bass, Tom Petty. Yeah! <laughs> 